This is the Cross of Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. For worship on Christmas Eve in 2020, Pastor Mark Havel preached on the story of Jesus' birth as told in the Gospel of Luke. Good evening. I feel like after all that, I have to let you know that I am standing here live now talking to you all. Um, and don't get me wrong, after all of that goodness, um, but I am sick and tired of virtually everything virtual these days. Um, and don't get me wrong, because I am also grateful, and I have been so impressed by what the people at Cross of Grace, our musicians and our um, tech-savvy gurus, have been able to create for us in terms of fantastic pieces of music and video for our worship week after week after week, and some of what we've been enjoying here tonight already. But boy, would I like to just sit and listen and see the faces of others sitting and listening and enjoying that music without worrying about the computer glitches or wondering about how much better it might sound if we were all in the same room, right? And it's been convenient in some ways to log into our Bible study classes or our small group discussions for our home offices, maybe, via Zoom, or our kitchen tables, perhaps, for a Google Meet, or under our covers with a glass of wine, you know who you are, right? But it's also hard to be sure everyone is engaged, and it's been really hard for this pastor, anyway, to get all the PowerPoint presentations to work the way they're supposed to. Just ask my Bethel Bible study class. And I appreciate that we can live stream a funeral service both to keep people safe and to allow those who can't make the trip to be part of it from wherever they live. But I'd much rather have family and friends together in a sacred space for those special occasions. And I really enjoyed our outdoor worship services this summer, socially distanced as we were outside on the lawn or sitting around the parking lot. But I can't wait until it's safe for us to break real bread and to pour actual wine together instead of taking communion from those self-contained individual coffee creamer contraptions. And I know this is about more than just our life in the church, too. I loved watching the Indigo Girls for three or four Thursdays in a row this spring, thanks to Facebook Live, but it doesn't compare to being at a show surrounded by all kinds of other Indigo Girls fans who sing their music song after song after song like hymns on Sunday morning. I'm grateful for the way that teachers and schools have been able to keep on keeping on with online learning, but online learning, distance learning, can't compare to what happens in a classroom together with students. And there have been board meetings and team meetings online and virtual family reunions and birthday parties and happy hours Online therapy appointments and doctor visits aren't what they um, all of a sudden are a thing like they never used to be. And it can be hard to wrap our heads and our hearts around those virtual nursing home visits from the other side of a closed window, let alone the many, too many final farewells that have been made from deathbeds by way of an iPad or a text message or social media of some kind. It's all too much. It's too sad. It's too exhausting. 
it seems to me. I'm using my imagination right now because I can't see all of you at the moment, but I trust you're nodding. I hope you're smiling along on the other side of your phone or your computer or your television screen right now because you know where I'm coming from. And God knows this too, people. Christmas reminds us that the creator of the universe is as sick and tired of these close approximations to the real thing as the rest of us are. Now, I believe God understands why we do what we do and wants us to keep doing what we're doing until it's safe to do otherwise. But I believe God is exhausted too by all this virtual, distanced living, just like the rest of us. And I believe that because God has been exhausted and tired by it before. There was a time when God led the people of Israel, remember, around the wilderness with a pile of clouds during the day and with a pillar of fire at night. It wasn't nothing, but. There were generations when God spoke to God's people through the prophets, people who preached and proclaimed some amazing things about justice and mercy, about equity for the poor and freedom for the oppressed. These prophets were nothing to sneeze at. But there have been examples throughout time when God would show up in some strange ways to reveal grace and guidance and inspiration for the world and its people, socially distanced, virtual ways, you might say, close approximations of the real thing, it seems to me, in the form of smoke or fire, whirlwinds or angels or dreams and visions, burning bushes, according to Scripture anyway. God was going virtual long before 2020 gave us anything to complain about. When God got sick and tired of it, going virtual, I mean, God did something about it in Jesus, which is what calls us to worship wherever we may be this Thursday evening in December. Because God desires to be as real for the world as the problems and the struggles of the world are for God's people. So God showed up in Jesus. Sadly, too many problems, too much struggle still surrounds us. This world is still hurting and so broken. And this year in particular has reminded us relentlessly that there's nothing virtual about the needs that remain. There's nothing virtual about the racial inequity and injustice that plague our nation. There's nothing virtual about the climate change that threatens our planet. There's nothing virtual about a virus that's killed 1.7 million children of God and counting. There's nothing virtual about the economic crisis that threatens to leave too many evicted or hungry or jobless or worse in the days ahead. Our struggles and our challenges couldn't be more real these days. But so has God's presence among us been. There's been nothing virtual about the work that teachers and professors have offered up on behalf of our kids. It's been innovative, creative, and real, and present, and fruitful, and hard-won. There's been nothing virtual about what our kids have learned in all of these 
strange ways either. They've learned from, besides math, besides literature, besides music, they've learned from and they've practiced how to adapt to obstacles and crisis and change. They've benefited a whole lot from concern and compassion and patience and persistence that has been extended in their direction. There is nothing virtual about the baskets we've shared with our friends at Agape downtown. Nothing virtual about the Thanksgiving meals we passed out a couple of weeks ago to local families. Nothing virtual about the pile of gifts I got to deliver on behalf of so many Cross of Gracers to a family on the east side just this Tuesday. Nothing virtual about the houses our money keeps building in Fondwa, Haiti, either. And there's nothing virtual about the worship we bring, even when it happens online, because it is word and it is sacrament. It's where God's grace is proclaimed and God's forgiveness is promised and God's love is shared and received and multiplied. And those hospital and nursing home visits from behind glass, those matter too. They are smiling eyes and encouraging words. They are proof of life and evidence of love for those who are blessed and better because of them. Those deathbed farewells aren't what anyone would want or ask for or desire, but I believe if the God of the universe can bring life from death, then that same power can speak love and comfort and compassion even through the pixels of a computer screen or in the unfamiliar voice of a nurse or a doctor or a hospital chaplain. And for what it's worth, I believe that strange voice from wherever it might come, sounds surprisingly familiar when someone needs to hear it most. And from a personal perspective, let me say, there has been nothing virtual about the cancer that weaseled its way into my wife's body and into the center of our family's life this year. And I know that's true for so many others, or has been, too. But there hasn't been anything more real than the love and generosity and encouragement that showed up in more ways than we can count because of it. And all that is how and why God took on flesh and bones, blood and a body, hair and hands, feet and fingers. God stepped into skin, mustered a voice, took a breath, and began to experience life from the perspective of God's people, God's most prized possession, most cherished creations, people like you and me. God did that in Jesus so that the love of God would be as real as the rest of us. In Jesus, the love of God was. The love of God is no longer virtual in the way it seemed before he choked on his first breath, stumbled through his first steps, offered up his first miracle, forgave his first sinner, loved his first enemy. God did all of that so that we would, too, embody the divine, I mean. Love one another, I mean. Forgive sins, turn the other cheek, 
befriend the friendless, love our enemies, find neighbors in strange, scary, unfamiliar people and places, do justice, love kindness, walk humbly, and all the rest. So starting now, maybe, with Christmas this time around, let's stop using the word virtual when it comes to anything connected with the God we know in Jesus. Our worship is real. Our ministry to others in his name is real. The grace we promise, the love we share, the forgiveness we receive, the hope we proclaim, every bit of that is as real as the nose on your face, as your face in the mirror, as the sound of my voice, and of your voice too. So, let's be the voice and the presence and the power of God's love, you and I. Because Jesus is born to show us just exactly what all that looks like for real, in the flesh, so that the world will be changed and blessed and better because of it. Amen. Merry Christmas.